This is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast, continuing the discussion today on hiring and uh, dealing with employees. And I think this is going to end up being a fairly big topic because I think in my experience and all the time that I've dealt with small businesses and working with, um, you know, the employees myself, um, that this is one of the biggest areas of frustration in business is the relationship between employers and employees. And a lot of times what I hear from business owners and managers is that their employees are a big problem, a big source of problems. And um, people just don't do their jobs. You can't hire, find good people. And what I hear from employees is that their bosses don't know what they're doing. They don't manage them well. They treat them poorly. And there is truth on both sides of that. And so this is an area that as a Christian business owner, it is very, very important to consider how you're going to be successful in this area of the of, of your business. And, you know, if you're first getting started, you're probably not going to have employees. But I think that considering before you hire anybody, what the issues are going to be and being prepared for them is extremely important. And so one of the things that I think we need to do is we need to have good hiring policies. One of the things that gets business owners in trouble is that they have bad policies for hiring people. They will hire people that they know, like, and trust. Just like, you know, it's just like selling to people. Uh, when you're trying to sell in your business, your customers have to know, like, and trust you. This trust issue that we have in our society today that is becoming a bigger and bigger issue is a is really beginning to overshadow business relationships of every kind. And it's so important that as Christian business owners, we can lead the way back to this not being such a big problem. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, We, we can make this a whole lot easier if, we examine our attitudes in the hiring process and um, make some very basic policy decisions. I can tell you one overall strategy or one overall principle that should guide you in the hiring process is that everything you consider in hiring someone is job related, is related to the job and their ability to do the job. And that is, should be the overriding principle. It should not have to do with um, things that are not related to the job. And there are a lot of things like that. And, and government policies are, are certainly um, pointing us in that direction. There are some government policies that um, try to compensate for uh, discrimination in the hiring process that um, begins to make us consider non-job related 
characteristics of employee of potential employees that we will use in the hiring process to compensate for discrimination in the marketplace. But that is really not uh, something that you want to dwell on too much and um, can get you in trouble. Um, if you if you err in the direction of of uh, uh, compensating in in that sense, you can inadvertently discriminate against someone who um, might otherwise be favored in the marketplace. And even though they may not be as likely to file a lawsuit, you've still done a disservice to not only the person that you've hired, but to the person that you rejected, that was probably a better choice for the job. Um, and in doing that out of fear of being sued is, is really not a good reason and ultimately is going to hurt you. So one of the, one of the questions that comes up with Christian business owners is should I hire only Christians? Well, based on what I've just said, uh, what do you think the answer to that is? Is it job related? You know, if you're if you're working for a church and the primary requirement for being an employee at the church is to subscribe to the beliefs of the church, obviously that could be justified. You know, you must be must be a a, a believer to work as an employee at a church, um, it, especially if it's job related. Now, if you're hiring somebody who's a janitor, maybe it's not required <laughs> to be a janitor. But if you're going to be interacting with people at the church, it's part of what the church is offering. But anyway, um, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, typical marketplace business, that's not the case. Um, the, the Christian employees are no different than non-Christian employees in terms of their issues. They have the same issues. You're not going to be better off by just limiting yourself to Christian employees. Um, and besides, it stifles the possibility of being able to perform evangelism with employees. And, you know, not, not meaning that you're going to be aggressively witnessing and trying to convert those employees, that would be probably illegal as well. But we can do that. We can evangelize without, without doing that. The biblical principle of um, being unequally yoked, which is what some people might say about this. Um, and uh, I think they will pull out 2 Corinthians 6.14. But that principle of not being equally yoked is even though it's been used to justify not hiring unbelievers, non-believers, there is no yoke relationship with employers, employees. It, it doesn't exist. You know, um, the Apostle Paul compared this relationship uh, to two oxen who are harnessed together. Neither can do anything without um, causing you know, an effect on the, on the other. 
you know, if, if one of them moves left, the other has to follow it. But, and, you know, if one falls down, the other one is going to fall down too. Um, the, the weight has to be equally distributed between the two and they both have to pull, you know, whatever it is that they're pulling. Um, it's, it's not a picture of an employer employee relationship that the picture of that relationship is more likely a master slave type relationship described in scripture than to the yoke relationship. So, you know, if you want to get rid of all the unbelievers in your business, then get the ones that are not believers to cross over to the the other side (laughs) and become saved. Um, So the same principle with this should apply in business um, that applied to that Paul applied to the uh, to the church at Corinth, you know he he had um, advised them to to you know that that those who were dishonoring the Lord, um, he instructed the leaders to remove people who were un you know unruly and. Uh, in their confusion, they just removed all the non-Christians. <laughs> and in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul wrote to, to uh, admonish them on this, to correct that, that error. He wrote, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covet, covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. So, you know what he was saying was, without unbelievers in the in our business or in the church, evangelism would be fruitless. So, yes, we do want to hire non Christians. We do want to make sure they're a cultural fit. And there are people that have good moral behavior that are non-believers. But if we are a good example and our lives are a testimony, we may win them over and they may become believers. Um, Another question is about hiring married women. Now, I know (laughs) in today's world, that really is kind of a question that, Everybody knows the answer to that. Now, of course, you're going to hire married women. Um, everybody has to work. We have, we have um, come to a point in our in our economics that both parents have to work to make ends meet. Inflation has come to the point where the standard of living has not is not allowing us to. Um, to be able to live on one income. Our families, we can't support our families on one income because salaries have not kept up with the cost of living in inflation. And so, you know, we have to figure out ways to make more money. And one of those is that both parents work and that there's consequences to that. Um, But, you know, one of the things that biblically to think about this because people you know will often turn to the Bible and 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 show you ways that that uh, you know um, 
that women should only be at home. One of those is in Titus, uh, Titus 2, verses 4 and 5. It says that, um, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. So, you know, I don't believe that it was Paul's intent to, you know, say that women shouldn't work um, outside the home. He was admonishing women not to neglect their work at home. You know, it it was the custom of some who were busybodies and rebellious towards their husband husbands at the time. But we also have Proverbs 31. And, um, you know, this, I mean, this comes from the Old Testament. Um, in, in Proverbs 31, the, the woman plants her fields and sells the crops and weaves clothing and belts to, and sells them and acts as a helpmate to her husband and manages her household in a manner that brings her honor. She seems to me that the woman described in Proverbs 31 is involved in business activities. And, you know, she's not neglecting her household duties, but she's also involved in business activities. So she's a pretty productive person. Um, so, you know, I think, I, I don't think it, it's unbiblical for women to go work in the workplace. Um, and it's not unbiblical to hire women, married women, but it is between their husband and their wives, you know, whether they should, whether, whether she should work and that that's up to them. Um, you know, there, there are problems with, um, both parents working, you know, when I say parents, obviously they have children and a lot of times the the children get sort of abandoned. Um, and that's a crisis in America today because women have become very liberated and most women work. It's unusual to find women that stay home. Usually it's in the more um, wealthy homes and um, um, they can afford to do that. They can, they can have that kind of lifestyle. And the problem is, is that in the homes, you know, more middle-class type homes, um, you know, they have to come up with really creative solutions for managing their children when both parents work. And, you know, when, when I had Anderson Network is when I had my son and he came to work with us and we owned the business. So he came to work with us. So, you know, that's that's one solution. But I think it's important that parents have a relationship with their children and they are the primary influencers on their children. But, you know, to, to leave them with, um, you know, caretakers is probably not a good idea because your caretakers end up raising your children and influencing their values and all of that kind of things. And you want to raise your children. So okay, with that said, I will, um, we will continue this uh, next time. And in the meantime, God bless and take care.